0: Hello, everyone. This is another episode of A Moment in History, our 24th interview. I am Harrison Zyberg, and this is WCCS podcast. And if my guests would like to introduce themselves.
1: Yeah, um, my name is Fidi Omar, and I am a student of Jensen and Wilkes University. I'm originally from Nigeria, um, so yeah, I'm an international student. And I'm studying biology, yeah.
0: Great. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about uh, your school and what you study there, just for some background knowledge.
1: Yeah, okay. So, um, well, basically, Johnson & Wills University is known for its um, skills in like culinary um, department. Um, so like, most of the time when you hear like, when, when you tell someone you go to Johnson & Wills University, they just automatically think that you go to the culinary school. Um, but I am a biology student and I am going to be in my second year. And, um, I go to the Providence campus. Um, I think that's that. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about, um, your school's reaction to when COVID hit? And I assume, or can you just tell us, how did your school react to uh, COVID becoming a fact of life?
1: Um, I think they did a great job. It was all over the place because nobody really um, expected it. But, like, I think they handled it well, Um, evacuating students and, you know, um, having our interest in mind and trying to make stuff work for us. It was, I'm like me, it it was really, really annoying. But um, they did... They did a pretty good job evacuating students, but I feel like they would have done better in some um, places with like housing and stuff. Because some students who were like international students and didn't really have a place to stay, it was really hard. Um, for me, I have a place to stay, so it wasn't that um, that much of a like hassle for me. But um, yeah, I'll say they handled it pretty well, but they would have done better. They would have done better
0: now do you remember the first moment you learned that you're going to be moving from on-campus learning to online learning
1: yeah it was really hard um as an international student i I will um, refer to that a lot Um, i work on campus and i can only work on campus and i basically support myself um, to attend school it was really hard because i could not work um I I remember just being so confused. I couldn't even talk and I was actually at work when I was told that like we we're gonna like move off campus and like go back to like remote learning. <sighs> and I, I actually had a scare that I was gonna be sent home because I don't know if you, um I mean probably everyone knows this by now, um I released the a statement before saying every international student have to go back home but they rescinded that which was good but um when when I heard the news I actually thought that oh we're gonna go back home what's gonna happen now and you know it was just a lot of chaos I it was hard
0: And those feelings of I guess confusion and chaos did they have they stayed with you these last few months as we've lived with the covid pandemic or have those feelings changed
1: um they've actually changed because there's there's been a lot a lot has happened in the past how many months has it been four months now um i think i just learned i'm a, I'm a very optimistic person um and i i've just learned to like adapt to it and just put in my mind it's the new normal so There isn't really that much we can do. Um, Yeah, so I'm not that confused anymore. And I I think I'm pretty much like relaxed um, because I've been um, to a lot of places. And when I say so, like mentally. So I think in a way, COVID-19 could be a blessing to some people um, when you think of like just taking a break. I can say that for me, but I'm pretty sure most people will think that way, too. Um, I shouldn't say blessing. Blessing is a big word, but seriously, it's really helped me. So, yeah, I think I'm in a good place. Yeah.
0: So your computer lagged a little bit right after you had said blessings. I don't know if you want to repeat that.
1: Um, About blessings? Oh, so I said um, the COVID could be a blessing, like, to me it's a blessing um although it's a big word mm-hmm. if you think of like how many people it's like taken and all that but um yeah it could be a blessing
0: so I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what a a typical day during these last few months have been like during quarantine during COVID, and then you can tell us before school ended after it's up to you
1: before school ended, you mean?
0: Yeah, like it was like any day, if it's just like what a typical day has looked like for you, that can either be while you're still taking online classes or during the summer. Oh,
1: so when I was still taking online classes, um, I would, I mean, wake up early for my classes um, and all that. But days I don't have classes, my days typically, let's say, I'm not a breakfast person, so I don't care about breakfast. So I sleep till like four. Yeah, it's so bad, I know, <laughs> but, um, Sometimes I sleep till 4 p.m., which is almost all the time. And um, my mom, you know, drags me out of bed, tries to get me to eat something, take a shower, and then go back to bed. So, yes, um, not a good thing, <laughs> you would say, but let's say in a couple, in the, like, let's say, in like, I think last month I actually started doing, you know, more of like painting writing, because I write poems, Mm -hmm. um, like spoken words, stuff like that. So I've actually been into that. But yeah, before then, it's just been sleeping, eating, taking a shower, going back to bed, and that's it. Mm
0: -hmm. No. So I'm always curious when I talk to people who are, or create things like poems or paintings or different performers, do you see this year, and not just with COVID, but with everything else that's gone on, is that reflected in the work you've been doing? Or do you think it's influencing in some way? Um,
1: I think it, yeah, yes, definitely. Um, because, I mean, these are very different times and um, what's the word I'm actually looking for? I don't know, it just, it just makes you, like I said before, like it just, makes you like take a break from everything and then you take a step back looking at the pattern that's like in front of you. Um, and it just inspires you to do something. So yes, definitely.
0: Have you had something especially that you like that you've created in these during these times? Something
1: like, Yes, I actually have, um, which I'm just <laughs> taking a look in my, um, notes right now well most of what I've um, wrote in about like excuse me my English okay written about is um about like the previous you know riots and mm-hmm. protests and all of that and I'm just looking for and most of most of it is actually also stuff that I'm like should I say like a reflection of what my freshman year was and what I want to see um, like the feeding I want to see the next year you know so um, just a minute okay do you want me to read one of this
0: yeah if you'd like to that'd be great
1: all right So this is called the um, brain entangling piece because the reason why I call it the brain entangling piece is it will not make any sense to you until you take a step back, listen um, with like no distraction and give every word a meaning before it makes like sense to you. So here it goes. He broke, she broke, the whole relationship makes no sense. We ask you to listen. This ain't about physical attributes, the cutes, the glutes, the few, we know the nudes are cute. It's more of your notion of your bastion, your devotion and your action, and the potion your love's made of. So you see, the assertion of your devotion and your affection flowing with your emotions, giving that promotion to your love, even with the aberration from the confirmation of societal norms, only improves your adoration and admiration towards your founded institution. It might seem hard because most of the time your locution runs far from your elocution, which in turn differs from your perlocution, making it catastrophic. Your, par- your perlocution from my locution might be totally wrong, but at the end, only my elocution will matter. I hope you don't see this as a branglement from the entanglement I might have made you fall into. Because just like relationships, most of what I've said might seem brain cells entangling and makes no sense until carefully pieced together. Well, guess what? In a nutshell, all I'm saying is that it's rather shellfish to walk into a relationship without knowing yourself. And it's even more shellfish to walk out without trying to make it survive. And with all that being said, always know when to leave, but never be in a haste to leave. It sounds complicated, but trust me, you know when to run. Um, So... Yeah, that's, just a minute, sorry. Can you still see me here? I can still see you. Okay, just had something on my computer, but yeah. So that was written because like, like I said before, like a reflection of something that happened and um, also a lot of stuff that's happened during the pandemic. Mm
0: -hmm. So was that a, a piece that you wrote Um, following I guess the months of protests that we've seen or was that something that you had earlier that Um, you developed
1: this was something I actually I I had not I think I I wrote this during the time of like the protest and all of that Uh, but it wasn't meant for the protest that was going on at the moment I think it was more of like me reflecting and seeing how the world has changed in just a couple of months and, you know, seeing how relationships um, are very important, especially at this time.
0: Now, I was wondering, I'm, I want to, in a few minutes, I will move back to more classes during COVID. But I was wondering, do you have any thoughts that you'd like to share on the ongoing protests that have been happening?
1: Well, the thing with the ongoing protest is that there's been, like, too much. It's it's just a lot of stuff happening at the same time. And a lot of people have, like, their opinions. And you cannot even, like, differentiate opinions from facts sometimes because some people try to make their opinion seems like it's a fact. And it's been really, really annoying and... I don't know. All I just got to say to people is, yeah, so the thing that makes this even harder is because we're in a pandemic. Everyone is already upset from the pandemic, and then all of this followed, you know, so it's 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 meant to be very, very upsetting. Um, I just got to say, we need to just calm down. It's As easy as it sounds, we just need to calm down and know that like it's not everything we need to reply to this is a time we need to like take a step back and learn more about what's whatever is going on um the protests you know the black community not just the black community every other community because this is a very diverse um diverse country that like to survive you need to know what's going on so I feel like this is a time we need to like, learn and not just attack people on their opinions. Because sometimes it makes sense and sometimes it makes no sense at all, but we cannot just butcher people for saying what they think.
0: Now, um, a, question, a question I have moving forward is that, so we've seen um, a large resurgence in support for protest. It's not like the movement has been there, but there has been a huge amount of support that's new. Do you see that movement or, or the support for it continuing in the next few months or do you see it sort of dying out again as plant people uh, people start to go back to their normal way of lives
1: i feel like this is not gonna die anytime soon because it has parked a lot of fire like people you don't even think will ever stand for a movement like that are actually coming out and I don't I don't see them going like backing off um and one thing is for example me um I like to just observe and I've been oppressing my voice for a long time and I I know for sure that like I need to say something but I don't know how to say it but with all of this protest I think I've found my voice and um, yeah I don't see it dying anytime soon it's probably gonna keep on like expanding until justice is you know being done and what the goal is met and for that I actually joined the Black Student Alliance eboard group so I'm actually the vice president and oh my um, uh, radio show on Jawoo live is actually black Jawoo so yeah, I don't I do not see this um, movement dying anytime soon.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about your radio show thanks? I think it's very interesting with what we've spoken about and to concentrate on the black yeah. community at J W so you can tell us a little bit about that.
1: So, um, Black J is a is a radio show for not just the black community, but I started that show just because I want a stand-in for Blacks in Jaewoo. It's just that, like, my first year in Jaewoo, I felt like, there are Black students, yeah, obviously, but it felt like we were shadowing the community. It was like we were there, but we were not there. Um, And I just, it's to make a statement, you know, to teach J- J.U. community about Black, the Black community from us, like from first-time Black people. I don't like it when people are like, yeah, I mean, I understand you, but You don't understand my pain. I want to tell them, like, I want to tell people that um, it's okay to not understand my pain. It's okay to not feel my pain, but just trust that I, I go through this every day, you know. Um, so that's basically what the um, Black J. Wu show is for, and also is to learn about other communities too. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm very big on diversity. Um, it's just for the blacks, it's pretty diverse.
0: Now I was wondering, um, actually I just want to focus still on your radio show because I think it's really interesting for a second. Right. Can you tell us, a um, if you have one, a particular moment while you had your radio show um, that stuck out to you while you are doing it. Because I think, for myself, I've been doing these interviews, there have been certain ones or certain moments that I've remembered as I've continued to do them. So I was wondering, while you were doing your show, was there a moment that has stuck with you and that you remember?
1: Oh, okay, so so at the radio show, um, like, let's say, a couple of months ago. So we haven't really had um, moments or anything on the show. We plan to start that, like, in, let's say, like, next... Oh, what am I saying? August this month. So, yeah, um, I can't can't really speak on that because I haven't really had that experience of, like, you know, uh, moments that i have stuck with me from the show, so...
0: So then to to move back to something that you mentioned earlier, was talked about a little bit earlier, with classes during online classes. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about maybe just one class in particular and how that transitioned from on-campus learning to online learning and some of the difficulties you may have had facing that or going through that.
1: Um, so one class was my, um, what was that class? It was my English class and I really, really so hard because it was. It's a speech class. It's supposed, you know, we're supposed to have interactions, um, talk to real life people. Um, Well, we're talking to real life people still, but like you know, one-on-one interactions, and it was just so hard and stressful because we could not do that. We had to start taking, you know, videos of us talking and you know sending it in, and. I am not uh, I'm not too big on like, you know, looking at the camera and actually big on us looking into, you know, the camera and so he's sure we're not like look, reading whatever we're saying from a paper and that was really really hard um, for me particularly and I think probably for others too and that was a class I really I don't know. It's it's an English class. You think, you know, it's not hard, but with all of the changes, it was just terrible. It was horrifying. I really did not like the experience at all.
0: Now, as um, so we've seen country, the country and state start to reopen, I was wondering if you could tell us what are your own thoughts regarding uh, J. Wu's reopening plans, maybe the reopening plans of the place you live right now. And also, if you do plan on going back or taking online classes again, what are your feelings regarding that?
1: Um, so I actually have to move back to campus because um, I'm I got a job on campus and as a biology major I have labs um, and I'm moving early. So Jay was reopening plan. I think makes sense see um, uncomfortable. We just have to deal with it. That's 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 just the deal. Like we just have to deal with it. Um, we can't really do much. There's like really nothing you can do. Um, just have to accept it as the new normal and that's it. And for the state I'm in right now, I'm in the state of Massachusetts. Um, I haven't been out yet. Um, I've heard of like the reopening plan and all that, which I think is awesome by the way. Um, Governor Baker is doing a great job. I will commend. Um, but being that like I haven't really been anywhere yet, I don't know. I, I, I think it's. Um, I just wish more people would comply to you know, the um, guidelines, you know the CDC have put out for us to follow. It's dealing with a lot of people is hard. So we just have to leave it with all of this. I can't really say much on um, you know the reopening. I just feel like we just have to leave it, with whatever it is.
0: No, are you happy to be going back to campus, or is there an element of fear going back, knowing that there still is a pandemic going on? Um,
1: so this is going to sound kind of vague, but like I just I don't care for fear, like. I don't believe in fear, so I don't I don't fear going back to campus. Um, but it's just I just feel like, let's say the only feeling I have is not seeing my friends because most of my friends are not gonna be on campus, um, which I I know it's for, you know it's for the good, but like it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. I want to go back because I'm kind of like just in the house doing nothing and seeing basically no one. But at the same time, I'm not afraid of going back to school. But I'm just in that lonely bubble knowing that I'm, I'm just gonna be on my own. And you know, but hopefully, we I, I'll make a, um, the best out of it, I guess.
0: Now, I guess to think past the year um, but to pass this calendar year. And I, th- I personally think this was going to be a year that people are going to want to study a lot either historians or political scientists or people just trying to figure out what this year was about. If you could think like one of them, or what, sorry, what do you think people are going to write about when they write about the year 2020? Like, what do you think they're going to focus on?
1: The year of doom, sort of doom, I guess. A lot is happening this year, to be honest, that... Being a religious person, it's a science of the last day. If I should talk from like the aspect of a religious person, science of the last day. Um, but totally come out of like that religious, you know, um, space. It's just, I'm pretty sure something like this has happened. I'm not big on history, so I'm pretty sure that something like this has happened, you know, centuries ago. Um, But it happening now that, like you know, news carries it um, and all that. It's it's just really sad. I just feel like this year. I don't even know if if this year we're all gonna make it till twenty twenty one. To be honest, just being honest here, it's this is just the year of doom. That's just it. It's hard, but that's the truth. The fires, um, stuff you cannot even explain. Mm -hmm. It's sad, but it's just whatever, I guess.
0: So I guess if we can, we assume that we do make it past this year, that uh, 30 years from now, you look back and you listen to this interview. What is a message you would want to send yourself right now?
1: keep being optimistic, because I feel like I'm losing a grip of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll just say to myself, keep being optimistic, keep believing that, you know, we can get out of um, whatever whatever difficulty, you know, we face. um, For now, I just don't even know if I believe in being optimistic anymore. Because this year has just proven me so like wrong on a lot of things. Well, hopefully we make it out, fingers crossed. Um, But it's just really sad. It's a sad, sad year.
0: Now, um, so I've done, at this point, a lot of these interviews. And in those times, even in between day to day, there's been huge news stories that I always expect to end up in the interviews, but never do. So I want to ask specifically, in the last, like, two-week time frame, what do you think is the biggest news story or the most important news story?
1: Okay. So I've been taking a break from social media, from news, from everything, not just social media. Don't want to read the news or anything, which I I know is pretty bad because, you know, we should be informed about what's going on. But I think I'm doing like, I'm doing this for myself. Um, taking a step back but one thing I think is really was really disturbing was the um, uh, the explosion in Beirut which I don't even know which they say the negligence you know from the part of the government but we a lot of conspiracy and whatever going on it's I don't know, it's just hard to believe that that happened and like seeing some stuff on like video the explosion um, you know when uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima happened It let's say we're not there that's one secondly it wasn't there wasn't this much civilization um, so we will not understand the impact but the impact from that explosion just brought back a lot you know and it was very close to the anniversary of um, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So it was, and people comparing those, you know, people who have lived to, um, who survived that explosion, um, talk, seeing them talk about it was just like, oh wow, that really happened. So, um, like I said before, I'm taking a break from social media, but that's one news that was really, really disturbing for me.
0: Can you uh- Tell us a little bit about the decision to take a break from social media. What went behind that for you?
1: Um, So, going, you know, on Twitter, I feel like, I'm just gonna put this out there. I feel like Twitter is the devil itself. Um, People just say stuff carelessly. They don't think about other people's feeling. And I feel like if you are easily hurt by what people say, you don't need social media. Um, I was once on like a, I think it was Instagram. Yeah, it was Instagram. And there was something about how ladies were being, you know, killed in some um, Islamic country. And it was, you know, Muslim, it was Muslim ladies and all that. And somebody made a very rude comment about, you know, women and I think about what that person said because it was just really condescending and insulting. It, it's just all the negative war you can think about. Um, so yeah, that made me just delete all my apps. I was like, I I can't deal with this. I need to, I need more time. I thought I was, you know, fully, um, done with my mental journey and all that. But I couldn't take it, so I was just gonna take a social media break and, you know, go back when I'm back to normal.
0: Now, to ask a question in a pretty much completely different area, mm-hmm. um, when we were emailing back and forth, you mentioned a, you were working in a vernal pool. <laughs> yeah. Can you, that just seems a very, I was not expecting to get, get that in the email, but I was happy to see it. Can you tell us a little bit about the work you were doing?
1: Oh yeah, um, so my mom, I have two moms, my biological mom and my host mom. Um, with, she's an uh, American lady. Um, she's a teacher at a high school close to where I leave. Um, and there's this other school that she like has a vernal pool and, you know, gardens. And I just really love like helping her in the vernal pools because a lot of people have like come to come up to us and tell us how happy they are, like just looking at the garden and the vernal pool and like, you know, the frogs and all, Like it just gives me joy to make people happy. Um, and there was just a lot of like invasive um, burr plants in the um, vernal pool today. It soaked up all the water and it was so dry. So we had to like you know work on it and. That was what we went to um, work on. So I pretty much like volunteer to do anything that makes people happy.
0: I do find yourself especially drawn to work that makes other people happy because this year has been so weird. Is that sort of just been an always, always part of what you like to do?
1: Yeah, that's been part of me remember it's it's been there since like a long long time so yeah it's not something that just happened this year but i wish more people will you know learn from what has happened this year and you know try to revive humanity i guess Mm
0: -hmm. do you think this year is going to be something that um and all the events that have happened something that's going to stick with you for a long time is going to like affect who you are moving forward or do you hope to sort of return to a normal before this year happened?
1: I would say both. Um, Before this year happened, it was sweet. Most was, it was bitter. Um, This year it's been just a pinch of sweet and mostly bitter, but um, I think it will affect me in a good way because I'll say that I've learned a lot about people um i've learned a lot about relationships i've learned i've just learned a lot in general so i think it will you know affect me in a positive way i would love for some of the stuff to go back to normal but it can never be the same anymore i don't think anybody like anyone i shouldn't generalize it but i just don't think anyone will come out of this like not learning a thing or two, you know, that will affect them in some way. So, yeah.
0: Now, most of the people I've interviewed um, haven't been science majors, haven't been mathematics majors, they tend to be more uh, liberal arts-based. I was wondering, what drove you to study biology? And do you see things happening this year affecting why you studied or how you view what you study?
1: Um, so the reason why I'm studying biology, I'm studying biology right now as a pre-med path because I want to go to medical school in the long run, um, in the long run. I mean, after, um, college, um, and that was because the health system in my country is not that great. I watched my friend die at the age of six. Because of a doctor's negligence, and just from that time, I just had it in me that I want to become a doctor. I don't even know what doctor I want. Up till now, I don't even know what you know, um, what aspect or what field I want to study. But I just knew it that I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to change a lot of stuff. Um, which actually changed during the years. I, I realized that I don't have to be a doctor to be able to, you know, change what I want, you know, excuse me, to be able to impact the change I want to see. Um, but yeah, I'm probably not going to be a doctor, probably going to still be, time, time shall tell. But um, this year, has actually also made me want to really become a doctor um, or something in someone in the health sector to help you know seeing people uh, I mean nurses doctors come online and you know talk about your job and how there isn't a lot of people to help and some people are actually quitting their jobs in the time they're most needed you know just makes me really sad, a lot of stuff just makes me sad and I really wish I can do more to help at this time, but I can't. I tried to volunteer, but I could not you know um, but yeah, I think um, this year really pushed me you know to want to be something in the health um, sector.
0: Now if you um, if you do end up becoming a doctor, do you plan on staying or trying to stay in the United States or going back to, I said you're from Nigeria, correct? Yeah. Do you plan on going back to there and trying to help uh, better the health care system?
1: Yeah, that's, that's one reason why I decided to take up the scholarship and come to study in the United States. I want to go back to my country, Nigeria, and actually help. Because Nigeria is a developing country at the moment. And if nobody has, you know, the mindset to go back and help it, like who will you know my whole family is in nigeria Um, generations like people i know all my friends they're all in nigeria and you know i want to i want to see them do better than you know what is already happening now um so yeah my plans to you know graduate go back and help my people that's oh yeah
0: now was it um well one i want to say so i've during these interviews, I've interviewed someone who wants to become a nurse, another one who wants a doctor, and I think it's very, it gives me a lot of hope seeing that people around my age, even with everything going on, still want to go into the medical profession, still want to help people, so one, thank you, but uh, so you said oh, your family has been, obviously, you're in the United States, they're in Nigeria, has that added an extra burden on you as we've seen this year? develop has added an extra stress to that you can't be with your family
1: yeah it's actually added more stress because I'm thinking about myself here and the family I' have made here and then I'm thinking about your faring um, it's it's been it's been a lot and even apart from that um, seeing how I've been a part of like two countries now Um, thinking about how Nigeria is, you know, um, doing, handling some stuff. It just makes me so angry. Okay. So here is a very crazy thing. I want to be a doctor. Like I said, I want to be a politician. I really, really hate politics. (laughs) That's one thing. Um, But I've come to realize that you can be a leader, Without being a politician, that's just something I don't. I don't even know if you're if you're gonna understand that. But like, you can be a leader without being a politician. You can't. You you can be a leader without playing the game of politics. In another word, um, so yeah. And I want to be an engineer. I want to be a lawyer. I just want to be everything. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And most of that is actually from this year. Seeing, you know how a lot of stuff um, has happened. I just want to be everything, and I wish I wish I could be, but I know realistically, it it's it's close to impossible. Um, but yeah, I've been a, stressed out a lot from juggling between two countries. I guess.
0: So let's say let's say um, you run for office and you get elected, and you become a public servant what would the first thing you do want to be or what would you what would you want to do first off the bat first thing
1: i want to i want to help ladies so back at home again i will say um women are treated really badly women are treated well not everywhere it depends on where um in nigeria where I grew up up in, I mean, ladies are treated fairly, but in some places, ladies are seen as, you know, um, properties, no proper uh, medical care, um, no proper education. And oh, right at the moment, I got a grant for um, empowering women, um, which I'm not, but I'm not in Nigeria to actually, you know, implement at the moment, but I have a team back at home that I've organized um, to help me in that project. It's all about, you know, empowering women who are married, so they got married early, probably at 15. Um, but they have, you know, skills to do something and but they don't have the opportunity to because either their husbands are restricting them from doing it or they don't they just don't have the means. So I got um, a grant from Iris. It's a uh, so that's the international it's an exchange um, program that I was on three years ago to America. It's the um, Kennedy Luga Youth Exchange and Study Program. Um, so I got a grant from them, which I'm implementing that at the moment. So going back to the first thing I will do is empowering women, especially married women who are who have skills and are just wasting. I, that's just literally what it is. Get get married. Go to um, secondary school, that's high school, stop going to school, and then you just stay at home in the kitchen and that's it. So,
0: and how did this? Um, that's an incredibly interesting project. I guess, how did you, or when did this project start? Or the I, when did you apply for the grant? And then, how did you organize a team? Um, I assume you organized it in the last few months. You can correct me if I'm wrong how did you help organize this team during a time when you can't go back home and everything is pretty restricted on what you can and can't do yeah
1: so like i said before um i was an exchange student three years ago um so i'm now a kl yes alumni um, i so we have the yes alumni association of nigeria which is an um, organization on its own now um that's like where I got my team from. So those are mostly like my friends that, you know, I've been working with and like my colleagues. And I talked to them about this grant um, before I applied for it. And they were, they were in, they wanted to help me because I mean, first of all, they're not going to school at this moment, cause you know, the pandemic and all that. Um, and they were all in 100%, you know, support, supported me to like write the grant and get in. They will just, they will implement it. They'll do whatever I want them like to do for me. So um, that actually gave me more um, boost, motivation to write, to apply for the grant. And I applied for the grant and got it. Then, you know, um, meet someone the project leader in Nigeria and just kind of like you know, talk back and fro- uh, back and forth on like the progress of the um, pro- uh, program, and at the moment they actually they've started, and I think they found like ladies in the skill of like um, tailoring and knitting, so that's what they're doing at the uh, at the moment. And I plan for this to be like a three month project for now, and if it does like. Um, the way we want it to, you know grow uh, we might just continue with it because we have donors and you know outside supporters that are ready to help in that um, project so yeah.
0: Does this uh, project have a name?
1: Yeah um, it's called Women um, Empowerment and Sustainability.
0: Can you, sorry you um, your computer my computer lagged. Can you repeat the name? Uh,
1: women Empowerment and Sustainability.
0: Okay, so I, that's amazing. The products sort of, it's amazing, and I, I hope I hear more about it in the future. Maybe we, one of the, maybe we can have a big interview of it just solely based on that.
1: Yeah, I'll be glad to do that.
0: That's, um, so I like to give the opportunity to all the people I interview just to, speak about anything they would like to that they we haven't covered yet or we haven't spoken about so if there's any topic you want to go into any point you want to make now's the time
1: all right um so this is the point where the interviewee this is just me being goofy um interviews the interviewer (laughs) um i just want to know how have you been during you know this pandemic i mean probably question you did not um, expect, but I just like to know, you know, how people have been and, you know,
0: yeah. It's been, um, it's been weird. It's gone on a very long time. And I think like you said, I haven't really, I haven't seen anyone. I haven't, because my father is at high risk. So we haven't left the house or we haven't really gone many places. I haven't seen anyone. So that's been hard. Um. I spend a lot of my time trying to figure out stuff to do so that I stay active because that's how, like, I like staying active. That's sort of how I find my happiness. So it's been hard for different things, especially um, my grandmother recently down in Florida. She was diagnosed with COVID, so that's been a whole family issue we've been working through. There's been a lot of stuff like that. I guess on a brighter side, I've – this has driven me to realize that if stuff is going to happen, I need to do it. Which is why this whole entire interview series came from that idea that there are definitely a lot of people out there right now who are just at home who have these big stories to tell. And if you talk to them, they deserve to be recorded. So I've been doing that, and these interviews have been a way for me to feel active and also to connect with people around so far the country or just even my friends to see that. So it's definitely, it's been a mixed bag where uh, a lot of bad stuff has happened. And if you watch the news, it's sort of continually bad news, but this has given me a time to work on projects I never thought about before and self-reflection that I just hadn't gone through. So it's definitely this, this, this time period in history for me is always going to be a weird one that I remember, I think. Also, thanks for asking. Actually no one's, I think like three people have asked me a question back
1: well i'm sorry about um your grandma and i i'm sorry about you know all this that you've been going through but you know just like you said before just you know keep it in mind that you know everyone's going through a lot of stuff it might not be same as you and everyone's pain is different but at the end of the day we still feel it and we just a lot of the time we just have to live with it and you know find something that makes us happy and i am glad that you know this makes you happy and um yeah i'm, I'm really glad that you're all right
0: thank you is there um, anything else you'd like to talk about
1: well um if it was like a delete button for like events that has happened this year which of the
0: event. Sorry, can you... Uh, my computer lag. Can you repeat the last sentence?
1: Yeah. So, like, if there was a delete button for all of the events that's happened this year, which is the biggest event you would delete?
0: Hmm. So definitely, it's a hard question, I think. Yeah. Because I think out of all of the bad events that have happened, we have seen some good come out of it and some... And so, like, obviously if I could, I would have liked COVID never to have happened and the pandemic. Yeah. And I know that there are some things that we've every, the world's changed forever because of it, or at least we're all affected in certain ways and that in the end maybe end up being positive somehow or positive gains for us as individuals. But I think as a whole, if I could delete the pandemic, I would because I think of how much bad it has caused. What about you?
1: Definitely. Definitely the pandemic. Um, because it's the deaths, the, the um, separation, you know, the restrictions. It just makes it harder to be able to make other things happen. Um, and also, like, make other things go away. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely the pandemic definitely but as i hear it um it's not gonna totally go away it's just gonna you know be the new normal and just like the flu and all of that so yeah it's sad that it happened Mm -hmm. but oh well we'll be all right
0: so is there um anything else
1: no i think i'm good
0: And right so We'll move on to the last two questions, and these are the questions that i have stayed, uh, these questions have stayed the same throughout all of the interviews. Um, but the second to last one is, what do you think the next steps are? And that can either be for you, for your families, for your school, but just what do you think the next steps that should be taken are?
1: The next steps for me. That's, that's kind of, unex- uh, unexpected number one um secondly i really don't even know what the next step is because whatever step i plan to take it's just like something you know pertaining this pandemic just you know ruins the plan and all of that so this is just like um time where you don't even expect you don't even expect or like plan whatever step you want to take next it just happens um so yeah i think i'm just gonna wait for it to happen it is a very bad you know mentality to have but um that's just the times we're in right now you can't really plan for what step to take to take next. If there's enough, I mean, one thing I will say, though, is that um, starting up my radio show and helping with the Black Student Alliance probably is the next thing, um, right at the moment. But even those are not even certain anymore, because whatever could happen. Um,
0: So yeah. And then the last question, which is the most direct i have going to ask, is, are you hopeful?
1: Yes, I am. I am hopeful. Um, I am hopeful that things will get better. I am hopeful that, you know, we'll come out of this. Although I said this year was a doom before and all that. It just feels like it but deep down, I am hopeful, you know, that things will, it will not go back to normal, but it will be bearable at some point. Um, so yeah. Well, I think I just talked as an optimistic person just now. <laughs> thank you.
0: <laughs> well, Thank you so much for sharing and uh, talking with us. I hope you enjoyed uh, being interviewed.
1: Yes, uh, I, I did.
0: Once again, this was A Moment in History, our 24th interview. Uh, This is with WCCS Podcast, and I'm Harrison Thyberg. And for all the people who will listen to this in the upcoming days, I hope you hear someone else's story as we all move through these times. And for anyone who listens to this in the future, I hope this tells you a little bit about what this time was like for all the people who were living through it. Thank you.